You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, today we have two objectives. They're very quick, very short objectives. And um, I think that may lead to a short day, and I'm completely fine with that. I am, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm pretty burned out on this training camp stuff, man. It is so much work. <laughs> I'm probably going a little above and beyond, but... I was sitting here and I was like, you know, maybe I won't do the podcast or maybe I'll just, you know, record it early tomorrow morning like I used to do, but I don't want to. But I'm just going to do what I know so far. And that'll be that. Uh, The two things we're doing, training camp, doing a recap of what happened. And then Aaron Rodgers did an interview with, I don't know what it is, Barstool thing. I did not finish that interview. It's another thing I was supposed to finish, as well as get all kinds of notes on other teams in the NFC North, and I've decided I'm not doing that. I'm not getting notes on other teams, and I'm not listening to the rest of the interview because I don't really care. I mean, I care. I just I don't feel like it right now, and it's a lot of work to, uh, to get all the sound bite, sound clips, and everything else. So we're going to go through what I've got so far, and that'll be that. Who knows? Maybe I'll get a second wind, and we'll go over a couple more. But um, First and foremost... Big, giant, massive thank you to Aaron Halbach. Thank you so much for jumping in on Patreon. Really does mean a lot. Unfortunately, we lost somebody, so we're still breaking even on that goal to 300, but I have faith. I also, I was thinking about it. I think one of the reasons, too, why a lot of people are leaving is because a lot of people have started doing for the year, and the biggest time when people sign up is uh, around this time of year. That's usually when there's a big infusion because a lot more people are listening. And so the next year it rolls around like, hey, you're due for another year. And they're like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. I forgot that I even did that. I haven't listened to that show in six months. But we are currently at 229 patrons. I have faith we'll get there. Anyways, again, thanks to Aaron. Why don't we start with the Rogers thing so I can get rid of these clips and whatnot? Um, if you didn't know, Aaron Rodgers did another podcast. It's His whole thing is doing more stuff where he gets to talk and all those kinds of things. Wants to get his voice out there and whatnot. And so he went on Pardon My Take. Um, I am sure I've listened to Pardon My Take maybe once or twice. Don't really remember. Don't really listen to it all that much. But um, I know that for those of you that don't listen, it's kind of a, it's, it's barstool and it's, it's very barstoolish. It's just guys hanging out talking trash. And so that's what, uh, that's what this is. And, and on top of that, um, what's his name? Big Cat or whatever. The, I see him as kind of number two on barstool. You got... Portnoy and then then Big Cat. He's a giant Bears fan. So that was the whole thing is Big Cat. I think that was Big Cat. I don't I don't know, dude. Who cares? He's interviewing Aaron Rodgers and uh it's just a big, you know, Bears fan talking to a Hall of Fame Packers quarterback and it went 
sort of how you would expect, but it kicked off perfectly. I'm skipping 35 minutes into this because I don't care and I don't want to listen, et cetera, et cetera. And this is how it starts. And I was invested at that point. Wait, so are you saying that you miss Mike McCarthy? I love Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. So why didn't, why don't you marry him? (laughs) I'm sorry, man. That, that, that got me. (laughs) It's so stupid. Oh, I hope if I ever get to do an interview with a prominent football player, it goes something along those lines. You know what I mean? Anyways, a couple other clips here talking about retirement. We'll get to the less descriptive one first so that we can all kind of panic about it. Uh, Here he is the first time mentioning retirement. How close were you to retiring? Be honest. Close. I don't know how close is close. I was thinking about it, yeah. So he says close, right? Which, you know... First thought is, well, that sucks. You know, how close are you to retiring? Close. So my mind immediately goes to, I guess he's, it's, it's like a year. And I, I, listen, he doesn't know, but he has a general idea. He might not know if he's coming back next year, but he probably has a good idea if he's going to be here in five years. You know what I mean? Or maybe two or three. He, there's, a, there's a point at which he knows he won't be here at least that long. So I'm just kind of curious. Anyways, this is a little bit more descript. Now, to be clear, I don't know how serious any of this is. That's the point of, 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 of this podcast is it's all kind of jokey. It's all meant to be sarcastic. I have to take this kind of at face value. But at the same time, again, remember Aaron Rodgers is talking to a Bears fan who wants to hear that Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone in five seconds. In fact, that was the entire lead up to this question was trying to get him to, to start doing golf or Jeopardy or anything else so that he's not a quarterback. I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. I'm going to make sure that you're happy doing anything besides football. In three more years. Ooh, okay, oh, so you're saying you're going to retire after three years. Maybe four. Now again, that, I, I don't know how to take that. I mean, it, it sounded serious, and I feel like if he was going to be sarcastic, he would be more sarcastic, unless he's doing that whole thing where it's like he's trying to get the media to freak out so that he can sit back later and be like, you bunch of idiots. I was kidding. You guys believe everything. I don't know. But here's the other thing I know. I know that he doesn't know that for sure. He barely decided to come back this year. There's no way in the world he knows definitively he's here for three years. I guess I shouldn't say no way in the world, but there, there has to be some level of reality to the fact that he may be gone soon. You know, like there's nothing that could possibly happen this year that would make him say that's enough. Like if we win the Super Bowl, he's not going to say I'm riding off. Mm. Anyways, here's the next clip. It's kind of a twofer. Um, it was thoughts on the whole I own you thing, as well as Aaron Rodgers' very honest thoughts about uh, Packers stocks and whatnot. I, wait, I just got one follow-up. Like, Are you really sensitive about what I said last year after I scored that touchdown? Okay, let's get into it. Um, so you said Is that what I, I, what, I own your, you, yeah. I fucking own you to the city of Chicago. The city of Chicago has $38.7 billion of debt. So mm. are you going to pay that? That's a good one. I mean, no, what, I'm not if you own that. us... No, I was. I don't think I'm saying that about the entire city. Now, maybe Soldier Field, every fan who was flipping me off. Mm-hmm. You know that yeah. negativity that was kind of coming my way. There was a pretty substantial FCC fine <laughs> that came Fox's way. Do you own well, that fine? Was <laughs> you can't just say <laughs> on TV. I don't think it's it was, supposed though. to be a ten-second delay. So I think that's out of my hands. Yeah, Do well, you- I, I actually own you because I'm a Packers owner. Fact. Yeah. So I own you. You own him. You own a piece of paper. That has yeah, no, zero it's, no, it's legit. actual value. It's legit. I actually stole it from our goldfish. So our goldfish owned you. Then he died. Then I inherited the share. Now I own you. You own Big Cat. So 
I kind of, I guess Dan? I, yeah. Dan. Yeah, I yeah. inherit that debt. Okay. So a couple things we learned. Number one, Rogers is that guy that will never give you like a courtesy laugh. You know, there, there, there's, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's the people who will look at you and try to like lighten that moment up a little bit when you say something that's maybe not super funny and the joke doesn't quite land. Either you kind of chuckle or at the very least kind of give like a, a, a head shake like you're an idiot or whatever, just, just to kind of like, you know, ease the mood. Rogers is the guy who looks you dead in the face and goes, okay, like that wasn't funny, you're an idiot, and I want you to feel like garbage for ever having spoken in my direction, ever. So we learned that today. And also, he is uh, very anti-Packer stocks, which is surprising because, um, you know, those things are paid for by Packer fans to do renovations on the stadium, which he enjoys. And again, he, he's not wrong. There, there's no monetary value to it. But it seems weird that he would get so hostile toward it, you know? Seems like he's getting hostile toward it to kind of win an argument with somebody who said, I actually own you. Just It's just weird from somebody who's like so zen and doesn't like get bothered by things because he's, you know, a zen master and stuff. For him to throw all of Packer fans under the bus to win an argument with a guy was kind of weird. You own a useless piece of paper. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> I'm sure Mark Murphy's super happy that the representative of the franchise is saying that while he's over there trying to peddle them. Like, no, trust me, guys, it's awesome. You should do this. And he's trying to peddle it so that Aaron Rodgers can play on a sweet field. But whatever. Anyways, then he was asked, uh, do you enjoy beating the Bears? And um, I really enjoyed this clip, and I hope you do too. Do you get extra, like, do you, do you actually relish in the fact that you beat the Bears the way you do every single year? Yes. No. <laughs> I may have cut that answer short, but the rest of the answer is not important. That clip is what matters. And it also gives me a sense of vindication. I'm not the only one that loves to pile on the Chicago Bears when things go horribly wrong for them. The guy who is the one causing the physical pain of Chicago Bears fans also can happily sit there and say that he revels in it and loves it and enjoys it. And I respect that. Finally, final clip. And again, there's probably more to it, but this is where I just gave up listening. Um, Favorite moment beating the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers, go. So, all right. What's your favorite memory? I'm just going to do this because everyone's going to want to hear it. What's your favorite memory of beating the Bears? What's your favorite... Bears all time because there are a lot I actually like weirdly I'll tell you mine first because there's you know Randall Cobb was terrible mm-hmm. the NFC championship game was terrible uh when you faked you had an injury with Khalil Mack that first half and you came back Sorry about weirdly that. though the one that just kills me the most because actually Hank and Dave we were in Arizona for some college football thing and we watched Sunday Night Football it was a game that you put up like I think you guys were 42 nothing at half and they just laughed at me for an entire half. And they're like, how do you watch this? That one hurts, I think, weirdly the most. So what's your favorite? Go ahead. Well, that one hurts because it was 42-whatever at halftime, and I'd thrown six touchdowns. Yeah. And the record is seven. <laughs> and, <laughs> Mike was, and Mike was going to sit me. And I was like, ah, how about one more possession? He goes, okay, one more. So we got down to the nine-yard line and threw it three times, three incompletions. So Ben, don't break. Yeah. So we went up 45 nothing. Yeah. All um, right, so what's your favorite? Probably 2013. Okay. Only because I came back from 
my collarbone. Randall came back from his knee injury, and then somehow it was for the division. You know, after so many things happened, you know, for us to be able to be in it, and I believe that Detroit was still in it the week before, then they had a bad loss to somebody, so then it came down to, like, our game. And, you know, neither team I don't think was great that year, mm-hmm. but we're still playing for a home playoff game. And I start off, I threw a pick to Chris Conti um, on a rollout, and I'm like, Shit. like, is it going to go like this, you know, t- tonight? And then I threw another pick to uh, to Jennings at, in, I think, the second or third quarter, and then we had that weird, fluky pep, you know, cause a fumble, and mm-hmm. Boykin picks it up, and nobody's doing anything, and he runs in the end zone. And, and on the last drive, we converted uh, three fourth downs, you know, fourth and, like, inches on a dive play, a fourth and three on a throw to Jordy. But that last one was was pretty amazing. Anyways, again, plenty more to go on that podcast, so go ahead and check that out if you're into that kind of thing. It is nice that he's doing all this, the the media stuff, just because, I mean, how often do you get this many insights into every single thought that a player that you like has? I feel like I know more about Aaron Rodgers than all the other Packer players combined on the team. But, um, I mean, the, the, the biggest factor in that whole thing is how serious was the three to four years thing, because that... That makes a massive difference. Anyways, um, why don't we just take a break here? We'll come back. We'll talk about training camp day number 11, and uh, we'll move on with our lives. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some uh, preliminary notes via Matt LaFleur. Um, doesn't anticipate Darnell Savage practicing at all this week. So again, seemed minor at the time. Now suddenly it's he's not going to practice this week. And, you know, when you start when you start talking week to week as opposed to day to day, 
Yeah, I'm going to start getting a little bit concerned, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Jordan Love will start against the 49ers on Friday night. I saw that being tweeted 50,000 times. I I mean, it's information, but did, did we not realize that that was going to be the case? Um, no decision yet on whether Aaron Rodgers will play in the preseason yet or not. Doesn't expect to make that decision until after joint practices with the Saints. So he specifically asked, please stop asking me that stupid question. And he declared... He said that it is untrue that he wouldn't play Aaron Rodgers this preseason due to the offensive line. In other words, the question was, would you refuse to play him because the offensive line is so garbage? And he said, no, that's not the case. I would play him behind this offensive line, which makes some sense because, I mean, it is the offensive line that he has to work with. It's not like it's going to get better week one magically. And yes, the offensive line is still in complete shambles. Um, Injury slash people that didn't participate notes. Uh, saw a bunch of guys off to the side rehabbing. Innis Gaines, uh, Christian Watson, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, um, Robert Tunyon, and Kylan Hill all out there doing some work. Uh, Ty Summers was also out with a non-COVID illness. Don't know why that needs to be specified, but he's sick. Probably special protocols for that still. I don't I don't even know. I have no idea if there's any protocols left for that. Uh, Mercedes Lewis also getting a veteran rest day. During practice, Rico Gafford did end up getting hurt, uh, came up a bit gimpy after a play and went off to the sidelines. Later, it looks like he got his ankle taped up and was at back at practice, so he is good to go, but kind of a, a bit of a scare there. Rico's been having a great camp. Cobb also cut, uh, cut bait early. Do not believe it was injury-related, just walked over to the sidelines, took his pads off, had a little chat with Watkins and uh, Lazard and Vrabel and stuff, and I guess just took the rest of the day off. Um, also Isaiah McDuffie ended up getting hurt during a special teams play, but he did stay in. So it must not have been something super serious. So injuries starting to see a little bit more often, but so far, nothing massively devastating, at least that we're aware of. We'll see what's going on with Darnell Savage. Also have to see when some of these guys are going to start coming back. Still no real clear news on, on any of that. Some general notes on practice that I got. Uh, Aaron Rodgers took a little bit of extra time with Romeo Dobbs. It seemed like today was Dobbs against Jair Day. It was a big day for Romeo Dobbs. It was a big promotion for him. Let's see if he can ha- handle hanging out with uh, Jair. So I know Jair was talking to him a lot yesterday, kind of in the locker room and whatnot. Rodgers was talking to him a lot today. Ultimately, it did not go well. Jair Alexander um, basically locked him down all day. I will say, Romeo should have had... The one negative play for Jair all camp, and, and maybe he did anyway. I'll probably put it as a negative play for Jair anyways, although most of the people that were there at training camp said that he broke up all the passes or whatever. He did not. Apparently on one of the routes, Romeo Dobbs essentially cooked Jair Alexander, got open down the field, but dropped the pass, which is becoming a bit of a problem for Romeo Dobbs. I think that's like four drops for him so far in camp. Um, he's he's kind of having some issues with that, and apparently he had some issues with that in college too. So it is translating over to the NFL. It's becoming a bit of a problem. Um, so that sucks to, to be the one guy that could have beaten Jair this entire camp. And he ends up dropping the pass that that stinks. Also, it got worse when, um, I believe they were in the two minute drill and, um, I think they were just going to spike the ball and, and Romeo did something wrong. I don't know if he ran a route or what he, what he was doing, but Rogers basically essentially kicked him off the field and said, give me a new wide receiver. So that's, that's not great. I mean, it's, it's mental stuff. He's still out there killing it. He still carved everybody up in camp. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. He, he carved Tariq Carpenter up in camp. Jair kind of clamped him down. Um, otherwise, most of the notes are all about defense and how absolutely dominant defense is. Um, 
losing track of how many coverage sacks there have been today, but it's a lot. Defense stays dominant, offensive line not so much, which it's hard to blame offensive line if you're talking coverage sacks, but fair enough. Defense wins the number one two-minute drill. Campbell dropped back, uh, dropped a would-be interception, but the defense still prevailed against Rodgers and company. I have now seen the Packers run hook and ladder multiple times in this camp, including unsuccessfully at the end of that two-minute drill. First time I can remember that in the last couple of years, which is kind of interesting. It sounds like they're almost practicing hook and ladder, which if you're not sure what that is, basically you throw a quick pass to somebody and the defense is like, I got him. And they all converge on that one player and you kind of pitch it backwards. It's almost similar to the Leroy Butler Lambo leap play that that might literally be hook and ladder, but obviously that wasn't intentional. That was the defense. But essentially, you got a bunch of players trying to tackle. I think it was Reggie White. And as he's going down, he flips it out. And at that point, you know, the whole defense has converged on one guy. This guy's coming by design, flying out of the backfield. And by the time he gets a pitch to him, not only does he have a full head of steam, but the defense is not really paying much of attention. So it makes sense to to, to practice that a little bit. Anyways, um, final note, Packers defense has won a lot of days in camp. Today might have been their most dominant. The defense just closed practice, pitching a shutout on a pair of two-minute drills. Aaron Rodgers was uh, rendered to having a pair of Hail Marys at the end. So I think today I'm going to do it a little bit different. I am going to go back to how I used to do the notes, which is player by player as opposed to um, as it happened, just because we're kind of getting a slowly better idea of what these players are. And so I want to take the time to kind of go over each. The quarterbacks are hard to take notes on because every play is a quarterback note, essentially. But pretty decent day for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers dodges a pressure and throws an off-balance strike to Jones as his check down along the sideline makes that look too easy. Rodgers slips a tight window throw to Winfrey on a crosser versus Douglas. Rodgers just hit Lazard on an old-school quick hitter down the middle, beat the blitz. Used to see that a lot more. Hopefully it's set to make a return. In other words, there was a real fast blitz up the middle, and he got the ball out immediately. I'm, I'm pretty sure what they're referring to is, is how it used to be with Randall Cobb, and I've referenced that several times, where it seemed like the ball would come out basically as soon as he got the ball in his hands. It would be an instant throw, and he'd still pick up eight yards to Randall Cobb on just a quick slant. Um, however, it wasn't perfect for Rodgers. Rodgers did throw a ball right to Devondre Campbell, but he can't hang on. I kind of referenced that earlier. Jordan Love seemed like he had kind of a bad day. If I had to, I mean, I only have two notes on him, but um, he's starting to stack bad days, it seems like to me, where it's, whereas it used to be good day, good day, good day, bad day, good day, good day. Now it's kind of like bad day, good day, bad day, bad day, good day. You know, it's just, it's becoming more common to see bad days than good days from Jordan Love. Um, and it also depends on who you're taking the note from. That's one of the more annoying things that I've seen is one of, I think the first note I saw was from Andy Herman and it was an interception here. Let me, the, the, what note that I end up using here? Jordan Love steps up in the pocket during scripted team period. He would have been sacked by Ladarius Hamilton and throws one right into the chest of his high school teammate, Chris Barnes, for an inter- for the first interception of the day. Somebody else had said that Chris Barnes had fantastic coverage and got a pick. The first note that I saw, though, was from um, Andy Herman saying that it was just a terrible throw right at Chris Barnes. I have no idea who he, wh- wh- why he would throw that pass. So I'm picturing a perfectly clean pocket in which Jordan Love throws a pass and there's nobody there but a linebacker, and that's what happened. However, all the other notes built a larger context to say Ladarius Hamilton was in his face, and Chris Bar- there was a receiver there, and Chris Barnes was in a perfect trail technique and ended up picking it off. So some of the notes can seem more positive or more negative than the others based on what they saw and, and how they choose to phrase things. So you got to be a little cautious as to 
how that all came to be. I chose this note because it's kind of halfway in between the two, one saying that was a really good coverage play by Chris Barnes, and one being Jordan Love just threw a pick to a defender standing by himself. Either way, he threw a pick. The only other note for Jordan Love, at least one that was not just a normal, he completed a pass type uh, note, Love throws an ill-advised pass off his back foot that comes out awkward. Luckily, it falls far short and just incomplete. Not a ton of notes for the running backs. Uh, Dylan got in, uh, AJ Dillon got involved pretty heavily in the two-minute, just a couple little quick passes. Same with Goodson. Uh, basically, the exact same thing with Jordan with Jordan Love. Um, he didn't really get involved in anything, at least that, nothing that was noteworthy. And then in two-minute, he got a couple checkdowns, and that was it. Is worth noting, though, that it was Goodson and not B.J. Baylor that was getting those reps. So again, Goodson does seem to kind of have the edge, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Plenty of wide receiver notes. Uh, Alan Lazard, who uh, again, still assuming is locked in as the number one. Lazard, short catch for a first down. Lazard over the middle. These are both in two minute. Rodgers just hit Lazard on an old school quick hitter. I already read that one. And then Lazard beats Vaughn deep. So four notes on Lazard as far as catches. Nothing super fantastic, but still you know, four receptions is a pretty big day for training camp. Notes for Sammy Watkins, who I'm assuming is still the number two in camp. One-on-ones are a treat. Watson versus Stokes. Stokes wins. Awesome hand battle. Watson versus Stokes. Watson gets a bit of separation, but can't hang on. Again, that was another one where, depending on the note, you'll say Stokes broke it up on the other one. Um, Watson had separation, but couldn't hold on. And I also don't have any note as far as how good the pass was. Was it a good pass and he dropped it? In which case, that's a bad note for Sammy. Was it a bad pass and it went off his fingers? I don't know. Sammy Watkins makes Jair go against him, and when Ja gets the pass breakup, Douglas is there to celebrate with him. So one of the things that's going to keep coming up here, Jair Alexander kind of lost his mind in this game, in, in this in this camp. As I've said, he has not had a single bad note. I mentioned, I think, yesterday that um, somebody had said that Amari Rogers caught a touchdown pass against Jair. Again, the, the people giving notes are not exactly perfect. I went back and looked at it. It was not Jair. It was Shamar Jean Charles, 22, not 23. So he is still undefeated. And in this particular training camp, it seems like they challenged him. They put Dobbs against him, not a single reception. Sammy Watkins calls him out and says, I want you, essentially. And Jair completely locks him down. And, and not only that, he's getting chirpy. He's getting in people's faces. He's getting loud. He was just absolutely on a tear. And he backed it up every single time. Next note says, Alexander just blanketed Watson on the sideline in an 11-on-11. Jair really balled out today at Packers camp. I saw some other notes on that that really hyped that play up, where it was it was just the most beautiful blanket coverage ever. Next note says, out route to Watkins and out of bounds. Again, getting him involved in two-minute, which is a big thing with him. Whenever two-minute comes up, he gets those quick passes, out of bounds, you know, keep the chains moving type stuff. But outside of that, he went up against Stokes and Jair and got shut down. Uh, twice by Stokes and twice by Jair, I think. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, four different notes. Jair Alexander on Romeo Dobbs one-on-one. Jair wins. Dobbs beats... This is this is the negative spin on this. Some other people are just like, Jair just crushed Dobbs. It depends who you're reading, but this is the negative Jair tweet. Dobbs just beat Jair clean on a deep route, but drops the ball. Been an issue at times. Next note says, Dobbs toasts Carpenter, not a fair fight which literally is we have like our best wide receiver in camp so far against one of the worst players so far in camp, Tariq Carpenter, which I hate to say, but that's just kind of the way that it is. And then um, the final note is what I had mentioned earlier. Dobbs does the wrong thing on a fake spike. Oh, fake spike. There you go. That makes more sense. And Rogers signals for a new wide receiver. Again, you can look at it and be like, oh, maybe he was messing around or whatever. I, I really doubt it. I don't think Rogers is messing around. 
I think when he says, get him out of here, I want somebody else, he 1,000% means that. Amari Rogers, um, Amari toasts Samarjean Charles deep. Next note says, it'll be interesting to see how Razul Douglas holds up against NFL's quickest slot receivers, but he just put a blanket on Amari Rogers on a deep ball to the left. Next one says, hits Rogers over the middle. Nice pickup, clock ticks, and then Love hits Amari again, clock ticks. So the last two, again, that's second team slot receiver in two-minute drills. He went twice to Amari. Couple Winfrey notes. Winfrey beats Ento deep. Rogers slipped, and I read the Rogers slips tight window to Winfrey note already. So two passes, two completions to uh, Winfrey. Once is against Razul Douglas, once against Ento. Samori Ture just missed a throw from Rogers, ran the wrong route. Both Rogers and Lazard walked over to correct him and show him how the route is run. So that would obviously be a negative one. The next note says Ture beats Gafford. Danny Davis, it says Rogers gives Danny Davis a fist bump after he hauled in a deep bomb that he had to make a late, late adjustment to. It was against air, no defense, but an impressive spinning catch nonetheless. And then uh, Hyman beats Nixon, as does Davis. So Davis beat Nixon. I also have a Tyler Davis note that's meant to be for Danny Davis, but since I don't really want to move it, let's just keep this one in the back of our mind. Tyler Davis diving catch against Vernon Scott. And then finally, Hyman for the wide receivers. Hyman beats Nixon. I already read that one. Dallin Levitt all over the end around to Hyman. And then complete short to Hyman, who gets out of bounds. One play left. Again, that's another two minutes. So overall, nothing really crazy here as far as the wide receivers. Nothing that really is going to move anybody up or down my board at the moment. But um, I will say it was a rough day for Romeo Dobbs. I mean, it, it, he went up against Jair, and, and he clearly met his match. He's not able to handle that. And then the the sort of mental lapse on one of the plays and getting kicked off the field, you know, hoping for a, a bit of a bounce back after that. Hopefully he doesn't get up in his own head. Because otherwise, I mean, it, it's a fantastic day for Romeo Dobbs. We don't need to see that as being negative. I think he needs more of that. He needs more reps against Jair. You know, again, he he's the only guy I've seen all camp that beat Jair down the field. He just dropped it. So he's got what it takes. He's just got to hang in there. Uh, tight ends, Dominique Daphne. It says Carpenter lost in coverage versus Daphne, who makes a one-handed catch again. Carpenter just getting... Just getting crushed out there. Uh, Rogers hits Dominique Daphne on an under route. And then Tyler Davis, in addition to the one we've already read, Tyler Davis beats Vernon Scott, so that was the second time. And then Tyler Davis comes wide open on a crosser. Nice start for him after winning his one-on-one battles too. So Tyler Davis got off to a pretty slow start. That was the one thing I had mentioned early was that I was a bit disappointed. After all the hype about Tyler Davis, we really haven't heard his name. Haven't seen a whole lot of positive stuff, but... um, as of late, I think it's been picking up quite a bit, um, just especially today. Um, you know, it was only Tyler Davis and Daphne, and Tyler Davis ended up winning three of his of his matchups. Offensive line was Yash, John Runyon, Myers, Hanson, and Newman. That seems to be the more consistent uh, lineup. It does say the right side of the number one offensive line, rotating with the same 11-on-11 sequence now, starting with Hanson at right guard, Newman at right tackle, switched, to Newman at right guard, Tom at right tackle. So they are switching it, but from what I've seen, the starting offensive line, the starting starting offensive line is Yash, JRJ, Myers, Hanson, and Newman. They seem to like that matchup a little bit better. Uh, Note on John Runyon was a negative one. Jaron Reed, nice job resetting the line of scrimmage versus John Runyon. Note on Josh Myers says, Rodgers is real unhappy with Myers about something at the line of scrimmage prior to the snap of the ball. Gives him a bit more of the business as the ones switch out with the twos. As I mentioned on Twitter, this is becoming a daily thing. Again, I really hope that uh, the guy is a good blocker because he is just, there's all kinds of mental lapses, which is not what you expected, right? The, the whole thing with him is NFL ready, 
right? Whatever the issues might be as far as his blocking ability, the guy is extremely intelligent. He comes from a great program, and he's going to be, you know, ready to go. And the guy is, he's snapping the ball all over the place. He's making all kinds of mental errors, and notes about Rodgers yelling at him daily is, is really becoming concerning for me. One note on Yash says, Yash continues to impress in one-on-ones. Good balance. Ty Clary having some nice reps at center, too. Switching over to the defense, starting with Kenny Clark. This is maybe the first positive note I've seen on Kenny Clark all day. If we even want to call this a positive note, I guess we can. It's something. Clark probably would have drawn a holding penalty on a pass rush off play action. This defensive line is balling out right now. That is the best note on Kenny Clark all through camp. (laughs) It's the only note, aside from the one negative one where he had a false start. Both penalty related. Uh, Jaron Reed probably had one of the best days of anyone in camp today. His notes say Jaron Reed, oh, I already read that one against John Runyon. Jaron Reed with another stop at the line of scrimmage. Campbell there as well. Jaron Reed would have had a coverage sack in team two. And then good Lord, Jaron Reed having a day just spun off a double team for a stop of A.J. Dillon. T.J. Slayton note says Slayton with a would-be sack on love. Give credit to coverage. Again, coverage sacks, a plenty. And then Devontae Wyatt says Devontae Wyatt works hard for a pressure. So, Clark, Slayton, Wyatt, all with uh, notes. Clark's was kind of underwhelming. Reed with four on the day. Uh, Off the edge, pretty quiet. I did not get the clarification I was hoping for in terms of who's starting and who's not. Seems like the the guys at camp have kind of slowed down with giving those notes. I don't really know why. First team, defensive line, et cetera, et cetera. But anyways, um, Preston Smith busts through for a double team. Busts through a double team. My brain is losing it, man. I'm slipping. Been at this for like seven hours. Bust through a double team for a pressure on 12. Um, Hamilton, another tackle, or Ladarius Hamilton with a sack and a tackle for a loss here and a forced interception earlier. Another tackle for a loss. The sideline goes crazy. So Hamilton had a great day. Finally, Jonathan Garvin says, screams off the edge for a pressure. Linebackers, you got Devondre Campbell. I've already read both of these notes, but there was the uh, stop at the line of scrimmage with Jaron Reed and then the near interception that he ended up dropping. The other one was Chris Barnes. Uh, and this this was the other note, by the way, on the Jordan Love interception. And I chose this note for Chris Barnes because it's obviously a better note for Chris Barnes and makes it seem like he wasn't just standing there picking his nose when he caught it. Good trail coverage by Chris Barnes, and he picks his lifelong friend Jordan Love in team. Check down to Goodson, immediate stop by Barnes. Check down Goodson, Barnes stopped. Yes, those are two different notes. Cornerback, we'll go through all the Jair notes. We probably read a bunch of these already, but here we go. Jair Alexander on Romeo Dobbs one-on-one. Jair wins. Dobbs beat, uh, we read this one already, beats Jair clean, but he drops it. Sammy Watkins makes Jair go against him. Already read that one. And then these final two we did not read. Jair Alexander didn't allow a catch in four one-on-one rep. We already read three of them. The one that we did not read, it says, forced incompletion deep versus Alan Lazard. So he was... 0 for 4 on four complete or four passes thrown in his direction. Finally, Jair Alexander with a rare nickel rep blitzed Aaron Rodgers from the slot and forced an incompletion. The next rep, Alexander moved back outside with Razul Douglas at nickel and forced an incompletion on a deep ball from Aaron Rodgers. You see what I mean about him just freaking out all over the place? He's already 4 and 0 in his one-on-one reps. Then he goes to the team period. They put him in the slot and he blitzes Aaron Rodgers gets to Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers ends up having to throw a bad ball, throws an incompletion. The very next rep, he goes on the outside. Razul goes into the inside. Rodgers tries to go deep against Jair, incomplete. I'm just, I'm just picturing this guy flying. All, everything he's doing is working. Nobody can do anything against him. He is, he is just an unstoppable force. 
Uh, Eric Stokes already read these notes, but two uh, wins against Watkins. We already read the Razul Douglas notes, but blanketed Amari Rogers and then uh, gave up a pass to Winfrey. Shamar Jean Charles got beat by Amari. We read that already. Gafford had his one play against Ture where he got beat. Ento got beat by Winfrey. Uh, Vaughn got beat by Lazard. And then Nixon, who's uh, newly back to camp, it was his first padded practice. We saw that first note where Hyman and Davis both beat Nixon. Next note says, after being activated off of NFI yesterday, the Packers cornerback Keyshawn Nixon is repping as second-team nickel. He said yesterday his groin injury was no longer an issue. He expects to be available for team reps today. Someone to keep an eye on for special teams and slot experience. I think it's interesting that he's second-team slot because... My understanding of the slot right now is the number one slot is Razul Douglas. The number two slot is um, Shamar Jean Charles. So if he's second team slot, I don't know who's getting left off that list. But anyways, Keyshawn Nixon ended on a really, really high note. He had the game-winning walk-off interception to end the uh, the two-minute period with Jordan Love at the helm. Safeties, Adrian Amos, perfect coverage on a deep shot to Watkins. Ball isn't close and falls incomplete. Amos, again incredible camp he's having he's, he's like a one note per day guy and, and it's usually notes like this perfect coverage pass breakups interceptions near interceptions uh vernon scott still in for savage his two notes we already read but got beat twice by tyler davis dallin levitt just the one note where he was all over a pass to hyman and then again carpenter just getting beat bad twice special teams was a complete disaster today uh, note on Gabe Burkick says rough camp continues good from 45 and 47, but he pushes a 46 yarder wide right from the right hash. Mason Crosby's job is just fine as he remains on the pup with a knee injury. Uh, Pat O'Donnell says a bit all over the place, punting on a chilly, wet day, the recorded yardage and hang time. He's got 37 yards NA on hang time, probably because he just shanked it straight out of bounds. 43 yards, three, four, seven hang time, 56, four, five, six, 63, four, 50, 45, 440, 303, another, well, I guess I don't know that it was a shank, but the fact that the hang time was so low, I have to assume it wasn't great. 53, 456, 54, 456, 52, 450, that was a touchback. And then 43, 435, hang time was downed at the five. So the last two, or the last one was a good punt, at least we know that much. But I did see based on notes that there was at least one shanked punt by, um, by O'Donnell, as well as two punts that probably could have been blocked, which is a nightmare because that was a problem for us last year, blocking those things. I mean, it's, it's good that we got guys that are firing off the edge, possibly blocking punts, but it's not good for our unit that um, is trying to stop that from happening. Beyond that, um, Hyman, who in my mind is, you might as well just let him go at this point, not doing a ton as a wide receiver. He's way down, just barely above Osiris Mitchell on the wide receiver depth chart, but um, ended up muffing a punt and then got another shot at it and muffed that one as well. So I think his special teams days are done, and as a result, his his chances of anything even close to making a roster spot are, are 100% out of reach. But uh, that's about it, folks. I'll have to go through these and see if anything changes as far as where guys are set up. Again, a little bit confused by the whole Nixon thing and where he ends up in the slot. Maybe I'll just put him him and Shamar Jean Charles on that second tier Um Otherwise, not a ton of movement here on the uh, on the depth chart, I don't think. Everything remains the same. Uh, no training camp today, so we'll get a, a little bit of a reprieve. Tomorrow we've got another training camp, so we'll have notes on that on Thursday. And then, of course, Friday is the preseason game. Planning on doing a live stream for that, so if you're hanging out, you want to watch it, kind of keep one eye on the game, one eye on whatever the heck we got going on, that would be greatly appreciated. Come hang out with us. 
drop some comments, hang out. We're just going to have a good time, you know, nothing, nothing super crazy. But you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.